1: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. Glenn Blakeney here, and today I have a special guest, Jamie Luce. We're going to be talking about Jamie's book, which basically is called, are you ready for the title, guys? You don't need money, you just need God. And it's really a playbook for the miraculous provision of God. So, Jamie, welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. So glad you're with us today.
2: Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be with you today.
1: <laughs> so, quite a title for your book. Uh, let's let's talk about that in terms of why you wrote this book.
2: Okay. Well, you know, we just knowing kind of over the last several years, the path that or the fear that's been going out over the airwaves about what's going on financially, mm-hmm. um, and the and people feeling like they're not going to have enough. There's this There's this way that the media has and their ability to put out in front of us a cloud (laughs) that makes us think that no matter what we're doing or no matter what we know about God, that somehow there's doom coming to our finances. And people so many times, and and this, this is really sad because it's in the church, and we just don't recognize that we live in the kingdom of God. And when we're living in the kingdom of God, our finances, if we're doing what God has told us to do in that kingdom are always going to be available. Whatever we have need of is always going to be available. But here's the clincher. Most people think that it's money they actually need. They think that they need a certain amount of dollars (laughs) for whatever the task is that's in front of them. And my mother, she co-wrote the book with me because there were so many stories that we both had that I thought, okay, I don't want to just put mine in there. I want to, I want to make this abundantly clear to people. And I I wanted her stories as well. And her training, of course, that I grew up under to see this work in our lives. But we, we watched God take whatever the need was and meet the need. And many times it wasn't money we actually needed. We needed the need met. So we get our, our mind focused on money. It, it's the mindset of, of America. Now, there might be plenty of listeners who are listening outside of America and you, this may not apply to you, but in America, cash is king. I mean, we think about money. My mom likes to say, it's like oxygen. You need it to breathe out here. <laughs> but that's the way we think. We, we really think that money is the key even to attaining the things that God has called us to. Even in ministry, ministers think that I need this amount of money to do this particular thing. And my mother tells a story about, um, uh, she had heard of a man who the Lord spoke to and said, I want you to record, now this is years ago, of course, so they were gospel albums. So it was an actual (laughs) round (laughs) piece of vinyl (laughs) back in the day. And he wanted him to record that. And so he began just in his prayer time, in his own understanding, saying, Lord, I checked into it. This is how much money I need. And he prayed for months. I need this amount of money. I need this amount of money. I need this amount of money. And the money was not coming in. One day he gets a phone call from a man who says, I heard you're wanting to make a gospel album. And he said, I am. And he says, but I don't have the funds to do that yet. And the man said, well, that's why I'm calling. I have a studio and I'm willing to donate the time. Yeah. You can come in and use the studio and make the album. So the man didn't need money. He thought he needed money. He didn't need money. He needed the Lord to open the channel. To, he needed the connection. He needed the right, um, well, connection. So many times we need God connections to see things happen. And it's not about money. Okay. And so the book is really, the heart of the book is to, um, to explain to people that, yes, you may have needs. I'm not saying you don't have needs. And I'm not saying that money is insignificant. You know, the Bible says that money answers all things. You can have money to pay for things. Money is an avenue. It's a tool. Uh Um, But there are so many times that we get focused on the money. Uh And the revelation behind that understanding is when Jesus went to feed the 5,000. And when he says to Philip, you know, what are we going to do? And yeah. Philip does what we do. Philip says, "In now the story's in a couple places, but in John, Philip says, well, even if we had this amount of money, he immediately went to the money. If I had this amount of money, we still couldn't do. I mean, it's all I mean, about money. We have to yeah. have enough money to buy food for all these people.
0: Right.
2: And instead, Jesus gives them and says to them, what do you have? Hmm. So, there, there's a, an understanding that whatever we have, there's something we have, whether that's faith, whether it was a couple loaves and fishes, right. whether you are um, Moses and you have a rod in your hand and that's all you have, whatever you have, if you're a fisherman and all you know how to do is fish, yeah. th- whatever the case may be, God will say, You don't need more than what you have. You just need me. Blessing that thing that you have and I'll make sure that that need is met. So like the man needing to make a recording, he didn't need money. He didn't even need a studio. Mm
1: -hmm. He
2: needed a connection. He used his gifting. What did he have? He had a gifting to sing. And he yeah. took that gift, and he blessed. God blessed it by making a, a connection for him that would then make sure that that album got made, and that he was able to fulfill what God had for him to do. And that happens in ministry. This truth is for my life personally. Um, we've got stories of of my uh, niece who put this principle to work in her life. I mean, it's generational. It's sure. you don't have to know the Lord for a certain amount of time to make these things happen. Um, for her college tuition and God provided the entire thing based off of an offering that she gave in obedience to God. Oh. Um, my husband and I have bought businesses with virtually no money. Wow. Possible circumstances, millions and millions of dollars. And God did it by us doing what God told us to do. Stepping out of faith. We have bought our homes that way. I yeah. have a story of when we literally needed a down payment the miraculous thing was that we got approved and we got the whole, the whole setup was a miracle. Then getting the house that we wanted, God gave us direction on a specific house. That was a miracle. And then the last part was then, then we had $0 in the bank and had to have a deposit by the end of escrow. And God provided it on the last day of escrow, $50,000 that we, that we didn't have. And so God knows what you need. He's just looking for us to say, I believe you and you're my provision. Money is not the issue. God is what you need.
1: Yeah. And Jamie, that's so counter cultural, um, not only like in the world, but even in the church among believers that we're like, okay, so we need this and we have X amount of dollars or whatever, and we need to raise this. And yet you're saying, you know, you've seen God do things supernaturally time and time again um, in the Bible. In Jesus' ministry, obviously we see examples of that. You mentioned the fish and the loaves. Um, some other stories, like in the Bible, like you mentioned, I think some of those in your book.
2: Yes, uh, you know it's amazing. I've used several, so I talk about when when the Lord is speaking to you to give. So many times, people think about their needs. Based off of, well, this is what I need and I don't have the money to, to do what God's telling me to do, because once he gives me the money, then I'll have the money to do it. Right. And they don't like to put the principles of God into practice. But if you look at the, uh, um, the little widow woman who has is out collecting her sticks. And she's going to feed her son the last little meal that they've got and they're going to die. I mean, yeah. this, they're at the end of the end. They're, they're at right. the very, very last of what they have.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I, I, I mean, that was my life. When I first learned this principle personally, I was raised in a Christian home. I was taught godly principles. I tithed always from the time I was a little girl. I'd even tithe my birthday money. You know, I just always had a heart for God, wanted to give. I just always had that in my heart to do. And there came a point when I had gone through some very severe circumstances. I was now a single mother with two children. And I had $30 in the bank to my name. That's all I had. I had multiple bills to pay. And I'm sitting in a Sunday night service. and I realized, oh my gosh, I didn't pay my tithe. I mean, I'm now in trouble because this is now $30 more. That's all I had. $30 more was what I owed in tithe because I had a little a little income. And the Lord's reminding me, if you're going to be in covenant with me, you have to remain in covenant with me for me to bring the blessing for you. And I know that. I understand what tithing means. And he's challenging me. What am I going to do? Am I going to give him what he deserves what's rightfully his, am I going to remain in covenant or am I going to try to pay these bills and say, I don't have enough and God I'll pay my tithe when there's enough money. And instead of doing that, I said, okay, God, this is yours. This isn't This isn't mine. This is yours. I owe this to you. And I literally had tears running down my face thinking, I don't know how I'm going to feed my babies. I don't know how I'm going to put diapers on them. I don't know how I'm going to get to work tomorrow. I don't have any gas in my car. I, had, I worked 50 miles away from where I live. So it wasn't like I could get there on fumes. It was one thing after the other running through my mind. And so I hand that check into the offering crying. I get up the next morning in kind of like a zombie mode. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking because I knew I couldn't get to work that day without gas in my car. So what do I do if I don't have, how am I going to get to work? But I was just walking, going through the motions and I'm getting ready for work as I'm walking to the car. I hear at the time, cause I was living with my folks out of what had happened for me. I was living with them. I hear my mother come down the stairs and say, Jamie, wait a minute, wait a minute. And as soon as I get to the stairs to meet her. She said last night in church, someone came up to me who wants to remain anonymous and said that that the Lord told them during the service to give this to you. Wow! And I open it up and it's a check for a hundred dollars. Wow! And I know now that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but I burst into tears. The Lord not only took care of my gas, each of my little bills, it literally paid everything I needed to pay. Right. Every single thing to the penny, I had exactly what I needed to get through to my next paycheck. Yeah. And I knew in that moment, God, you see me. You see me personally. Yeah. You see every single need that I have that you would give to me. Every, make sure that every need was met. Yeah. And it was because I chose to believe him, to, to remain in covenant with him. I yeah. felt like that little, widow woman. Uh, this is it. This is all I have. I'm going to die. I don't have anything more and i'm not the kind i don't i i knew that my circumstances were my circumstances i i didn't make it a practice of telling people and broadcasting hey i have needs and would you help me out here and would you i wanted the lord to be my god i needed to know him and this was my test this was was he going to meet my needs is his word real or can i just go and network can i just go and make it happen a different way can i do it outside of god's plan Or do I need to do it the way that God has ordained for me to do it? You know, so, so many don't even know that God is real for them personally. They, they really don't know that the word is real and that it works. (laughs) If he said it, it's going to work for you. If you'll put it into practice. And so it's, are you willing to give where God says, give, even when you don't have, Are, are you willing to say, Lord, whatever you have for me, that's enough. I'm willing to walk this road and then watch him do for you what you thought he could never do. I I have no doubt in my mind that the minute I gave that offering was when he spoke to that woman. I have no doubt. It was an exchange. Are you are you are you going to do this my way? Are you going to live in the kingdom or are you going to live in this world and get what the world's got? I used to hear that all the time from my my grandmother. You know, if you play with the world, you're going to get what the world has. And it, anything I can do on my own, I. T- there's a story my mother tells of them um, buying a home. And in that obedience, in the walk of obedience that they had to do in order to get that home, at one point she knew she could do it her way. There was a way she could do it. And if she did it her way, in, in a way that seemed harmless, <laughs> a way that seemed, well, what, I mean, it wouldn't, this isn't bad. This is nothing. Uh, this is no big deal if I do this, but it wasn't what God said. Right. And if she would have done it that way, she knew the Holy spirit said, if you do this on your own, every payment will be on you. Hmm. But if you do it my way and you walk in obedience to me, then every payment is on me Yeah. because I'm the one who led you here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's- <laughs> that's yeah.
1: yeah. No, that's powerful. And, and it's true. You know, I mean, we we have the choice, we have the free will and the power to do things our way or to do it God's way. And right. the interesting thing is, you know, we do it our way and God in his graciousness is just kind of like, how's that working for you? And we, <laughs> yeah, We struggle and different things. And then when we come to the place where we honor the Lord, and I just want to read this, it's Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 out of the New Living honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Yes. You know, the first fruits is, was the best part and yeah. it was to be given to God before they consumed it themselves. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So this principle of honoring God, you know, we have people that argue over and it's so pedantic really back and forth. Oh, should we tithe? They're not tied. Is it the old Testament, the new Testament? Well, the bottom line is the principle of honoring God with your first fruits is there it belongs to him mm-hmm. and he wants us to do that and he he does say test me and right. you've done that repeatedly throughout the years and now you know you've seen God do so many miracles in terms of provision mm-hmm. and uh, open doors for you I love the um, fact that you mentioned that it's not always money per se you know for example the guy who got access to a recording studio And I've seen that happen in my own life, you know, where God put me on television and radio and other countries and I didn't pay anything and just people came to me and I've seen that happen time after time. And we see that in Jesus ministry as well. I mean, yes, Luke eight says there were women that supported his ministry and some Mm -hmm. of them were very wealthy, Mm -hmm. but then we see these occasions where, Jesus needed a room to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. And how did he do that? I mean, did he go on Facebook Marketplace and, <laughs> and search for, But no? I mean he received a revelation, a download, right? And and yeah. the father told him, Tell the your your guys to go into the city. They'll see a man with a water jar in his head. Ask him. So he spoke to a man already to prepare. Mm-hmm something and then he spoke to jesus he instructed the disciples to be obedient and to do that and behind the scenes everything had already been set up for him right, right. and that's the way god works and it's such a such a powerful thing so what would you say to people jamie that are watching the interview listening to this discussion right now that mm-hmm. they're like well that's great it worked for you but i don't know about me or i've tried it and it's just not worked out. What? How would you respond to them regarding this?
2: First, I, I want to remind people that God says of himself that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hmm. Secondly, people need to understand that he's no respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he's going to do it for another. He sets forth laws, those laws that that he has established, for us to walk in, don't change because he's unchanging by nature. And so if we're willing to accept and walk according to the laws, in fact, this is so true. Um, I heard a story told about um, Colonel Sanders, who is the founder of, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and that he was not really a believer. He, He wasn't living a life of a believer, but he heard that and believed enough about the Bible that when he heard the, the concept that if you tithe, that God will then bless whatever you're doing. He began that business by tithing off of that business. And the business boomed. I mean, we see that even today with Chick-fil-A following God's laws and ordinances. Every other business out there is going seven days a week, not six days. And these people are making more money going less days than the businesses that are out there going seven days. God's principles are true across the board. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do, even if you're not a believer. If you follow God's laws, there's a there's a law of gravity that we all live by. Right. Right. It doesn't matter who I am. I don't have to be a Christian. (laughs) The law of gravity doesn't work for one and not for the other. That's just the law. Mm -hmm. I understand that two and two make four. It doesn't matter what idea I have in my head, two and two Mm -hmm. equals four. So I can multiply it different ways. I can add it different ways. There's different ways to get there, but the the law is the same. The law doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to understand that God has laws. And if I understand that naturally, everything God does in scripture We see, you can see it done in the natural, and then you can see it in the spiritual. And he gives us so many examples of the natural and then in the spiritual. Paul was great about teaching this way. He'd say, you understand it as, you know, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I mean, we, we understand the concept of doing something in the natural, but then God always then turns and takes it and says, okay, well, if you can understand that, well, then surely you can understand what I'm doing spiritually. You just have to remove your, your natural eyesight and look at this with spiritual eyes. You have to see that what I do, I do in the spiritual, in the, in the realm that you don't see naturally. What I'm going to do, the multiplication, uh, you and I did a recording together and we talked about the, um, the idea of the former and the latter rain in the same year. Right. So that's not something that you would naturally see happen because the natural course of things, it doesn't happen that way. So, but we know that God says, but I'm going to do it. I'm right. going to, I'm going to make this possible. So we can't look at it with that natural lens. We have to yeah. say God is spirit and those that worship him have to worship him in spirit and truth. So if I'm a skeptic, I have to first decide, okay, I'm, I have to be willing then to look at this spiritually. Hmm. If I'm only going to look at the natural I'm only going to get what the natural can give me. But if I'm willing, like Philip, to say, "Okay, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'll obey. Let's go gather what we've got. Let's give it to God and see what God can do. And then God, I mean, here God says he's so confident he knows what he's going to do. And he says, get everybody into groups of 50, (laughs) you know, and they're they're making it so clear that something miraculous has to happen. If you leave everybody in a giant crowd, you can't tell what's being passed around and what's going on and how much is happening. I mean, God's making it almost harder for himself to show himself able to do what he says he's going to do. And to show that in him, everything we need is already available. We just needed him. And so that's what we have to do. We've got to go from being natural people to spiritual people. We have to really believe that. I'm not going to walk this life in the natural anymore. I'm going to do what Paul teaches and I'm going to walk after the spirit. I'm going to sow to the spirit. I'm Mm. going to look for evidence in the spirit, whatever I'm doing. I'm doing that with spiritual eyes. I'm not doing that with natural eyes.
1: Yeah. Wow. So good. And you know, that's, that's it right there. We have to become spiritual in the sense that we're spiritually minded, spiritual people, mature and I think that's that's the key, is like we we act carnal. The church in Corinth, Paul said they were carnal in one place in chapter three, verse three. I believe it is one translation the NIV says you're acting like mere humans or mere men.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: guys, we're called to live differently. And and I think of the story, Jamie, in the children of Israel are they came out of Egypt, you know, the Red Sea is before mm-hmm. them, they cannot go back. Pharaoh's army is pursuing. And immediately they begin to panic and they begin to, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to die and all that. And then finally, when God does the miracle and they go through the Red Sea uh, at parts and they go through it and they're on the other side, then we read about that song they sang you know, with Miriam and, and the ladies led in worship. It says, I was singing to the Lord. He's triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider fell into the sea and the Lord is my strength, my song. And I heard someone say this many years ago. He said that was a right song but it was on the wrong side. right? (laughs) And and that's the way it is with us. What if we could get to that place where, and this is where God wants us to be, that we just say, Lord, I just thank you that you're going to provide for me. You said, if I did this, you would do your part. And, and I love that, you know, one of the main scriptures, obviously that we really I guess it becomes cliche is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you, but it's true. Right. And and yet there are many people that don't get that. So how are some ways that, you know, we can shift our thinking um, and position ourselves to receive from God? Because I know a lot of good Christians out there, but they don't think like in terms of, Breakthrough in terms of miraculous provision. I mean, should we even be thinking that way or should we just be like, hey, God knows my address, He knows my needs. If He wants to do it, He'll do it. Well, how, how should we be thinking and responding?
2: Well, there's a couple things. I really think first, it, we have to question whether we're actually people of prayer if we aren't living that spirit focused life because it's so many times that when the need is present whatever it is that i'm facing the first thing i do is i go to god and seek god like what do i do about this it's always a, i'm in trouble help <laughs> or lord you've asked me to do this but how how am i going to do this and if i for one if i'm thinking of myself outside of the spiritual realm if i remove myself from even thinking spiritually, then I, I have to question, then do I really believe that God is who he says he is? You know, I mentioned that he says that he is uh, a spirit. He God is a spirit. So because he's a spirit, we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. So my communion with him has to be on a spiritual level. And I have to make that determination. If I am going to walk like Jesus walked, if I'm going to follow him, he said, follow me. If I'm going to follow him, I have to follow the patterns that he did. So what did Jesus often do? He pulled away to pray. So he was often making sure that the relationship he had with his father, that that the receiving that he needed to know what to do for the day. I was thinking about this the other day, how when Jesus healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, how there were many people at the pool that day. There were many people there, but God knew or God gave to Jesus that he was to heal that man that day. Or when the woman at the the well, Jesus said, it needs to be that I go through Samaria. I have to do this. Why did he have to do that? Well, because there was a particular woman there That God was sending him to so he would pull away get with the Lord and find out what's my agenda he and and we know this because Jesus said I never do anything that I don't see my father doing I never say anything that my father's not saying so he'd have to get away with the father find out what's he saying and what does he want me to do all of my plans all of the things that I plan to do for God with God However, he wants me to do that in my personal life, in ministry, whatever that looks like for my children, relationships, I'm to go to God and I'm to let him give me the instruction. So it really takes us, if you're serious about this, if you're really worried about your finances, if you're really, and you're not walking it out with the Lord, you have reason to be concerned because all the answers are found in him. So I have to pull away first, get with God and make sure that my prayer life is that I'm doing what I need to do. Uh, Second, I would add to that. Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, these are three benchmarks of what he expected of his people. These are three things he just expected you would do. He, he didn't even have to expound on it. He just assumed you'd be doing these things. And we tend to make those optional. They're not optional. These are, these are the ways we should live. So obviously we talked about praying, right? We need to pray, but we need to make sure that we're people who fast. And, and I can't emphasize this enough. Many of the miracles wow. that we got came from, from hearing the wow. instructions God gave us after a time of fasting. Okay. And, and the world right now loves to say, I'll fast TV I'll fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they pick They food I'm not going to exercise for what that's not fasting. Fasting yeah. literally means no food in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Now that can look different for yeah. different people. So I'm not going to tell you what, what that looks yeah. like for you, but, or the length of time. But I will say that when I'm willing to say not my will, my flesh is going to die. I need to have the heart of John the Baptist and say, I need you to increase. If I don't know yeah. the answer, I need you to increase and I need to decrease because there's too much of me talking right now. That's all I hear. If wow. I need to hear more of God, I need to decrease. How do I do that? Yeah. I suppress that flesh. I said, you're not in charge. My spirit is in charge. The yeah. Holy spirit has a plan and I'm going to follow that plan. So then I have to make sure I'm aligning that way. And then I prepare. He might ask me to give. He may say, I want you to to give over here. I he may and giving can be all kinds of things. I'm not just talking about money. Yeah. He speaking about money, but I'm that's not just what I'm talking about. We have sure. in, where we can give of our time. God may say, I want you to go over here and you know that's gonna cost you hours and you had something else planned. He's no, give right. your time over here, Sow that time and see what God will do with it. He may say, No, I want you to give up. Um, my husband and I years ago. Um, we just, at the time, I don't even know what brought this on, but there was so much coming out in the movies that was just so vile at the mm-hmm. time. We just decided we're not going to go to the movies. We felt the Lord yes. said, you don't need that in your life right now. This is something yeah, I want you sure. to do. And so, and we used to go, that was kind of a fun weekend thing for us to go do. That was an entertainment for us. And so we said no. Do you know we ended up without even realizing what God was doing? He had us cutting that off. But in this, at that same time frame, video VHSs were huge, and people, you know, all of a sudden ministries ha- were putting out offers for their in, their good content on VHS. So we started ordering all these things. You know, we filled our time watching these VHSs <laughs> of <some> godly information <laughs> right. and intake versus what the world had. We radically went through an amazing time of God's blessing during that time. And it was so there's just always there's always a requirement. Yeah, there your flesh has to follow the requirements of the spirit. Yeah. And if you're if you're a skeptic, I I encourage you decide today if you want to live your life in the flesh or if you want a life in the spirit, because if you're going to worship him in truth <laughs> you have to do it in spirit
1: yeah yeah wow so good you talked you touched on so many things you know your relationship your intimacy with god through prayer the importance of fasting for breakthrough mm-hmm. um even the renewing of your mind like you said and, um, you gave up filling right. your mind with that stuff and now the word of god is is being you know Fought put in your spirit in your mind right. and and then faith obedience yes and, totally. And, exp- <laughs> and one of the things that I, I love uh about the lord is the fact that he wants to surprise us in a sense that he will do these things that we didn't necessarily expect him to do right. and we go oh my gosh god is so good and there's the scripture that uh, it's in hosea chapter 3 verse 5 and the new american says that they will come trembling to the Lord and his goodness in the last days. Mm. And there's a sense in which we have to see that. You know, God wants to manifest his goodness. But then there comes a point in our life where we've got to expect the goodness of God because yes. He's been faithful. Yes. And I I was thinking of this verse. It's actually found in Zephaniah chapter one, verse 12. This is the new living. God says, I will search. With lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. Yes. And then he says this. Now, we're talking about a people who are sitting complacent in their sins. Now, listen to this. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. And mm. I thought about that when I first read that years ago. I said, well, they think the Lord won't do anything bad to them. In other words, they're not afraid of being judged or whatever, right? But right. he says, good. They don't even expect the Lord to do good. Right. And how many of us have given up on expecting the goodness of God? But faith works by love, Paul said yeah. in Galatians. And we come to that point, Jamie, where when we do these things, we honor God, we spend time with him, and we just like, I know he's gonna take care of me, right? Yeah, and and I, I love that old song. I know it's amazing, his eyes on the sparrow. What a powerful yes. song. But we get to a point, right, where like Jesus said in in Matthew six, we expect and we know he loves us. He's going to take care of us. But to take it to a level where it's not just like my basic needs being met, that's important. Mm -hmm. We need to Mm -hmm. believe God for that and his promise that he will do it. Mm -hmm. But what if the Lord wants to really use us? to help Mm -hmm. other people, to impact nations with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And here we are kind of classic Gideon and others, Jeremiah, Moses. Oh Lord, me, like you got, (laughs) you can't use me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not qualified or whatever, but to shift to that place where we've got to begin to believe God. Yes. Big things. Yes. And not for out of selfish reasons or motives, right. Right. but for his kingdom. Yes. Um, I'd love for you just to speak into that and how important that is in this day in which we live.
2: Yes. Because um, I believe we talked about this in a previous recording, but God is, should be the center of attention for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, in in so that, if he is the center of attention for our lives, then we have his heart and we want to see accomplished what he wants accomplished through us. So when we get to that place, when we're wanting to do what God wants, we have to be careful because we don't want to then turn the focus back on ourselves. Hmm. It's not about us. It is about him. It's about, I mean, this recording today, this interview today is about letting people know God's the answer. I don't have the answers. I'm not the answer. God's the answer. (laughs) You know, Um, I have a book of testimonies and, and teachings and principles, but, but God is the answer. And if, because he says that he's not going to share his glory with anyone, we don't realize that takes the pressure off of us. He's just simply looking for us to say, God, I want what you want done and i want to do whatever it is you want me to do so you're going to have to provide because in me i feel like i don't have it or i this is bigger than me or or i've never done that before god how am i going to do that or or i don't have the right connections or i don't have enough money you know to do these things when we recognize that god is the he's the author and the finisher of our faith so if he's authoring something for you to do he will make sure and be the one who also finishes that thing for you. He's the provision all along the way. He, he's the one who has ordained before your birth what plans he has for you that he wants to accomplish through you. And we so many times live in the in the confines of what's happening in the natural world around us. It goes back to that spirit versus natural thing that if I understand I am spirit, What God has called me to will affect spirits and he is spirit. So he will make sure and be the provision through the power of the Holy spirit. It's my obedience to that call in keeping the focus on him that, you know, anything that God did for us, whether it was the homes that we had um, at two homes in particular, God did miraculous things to get us into those homes. But when he got us into those homes, we anointed those homes. We told the Lord, this is your home. Use it for your glory. Thank you that we get to use it, but this is your tool. This You gave this to us for a purpose. And we had huge home groups and ministry things that took place in those homes, prayer meetings and things that took place. We birthed the church in one of those homes. Wow. It, it, God used those. So he blessed us, yes. But the focus was, God, what do you want to do with this? Hmm. You're giving this to me for a reason. There's purpose in my life. From beginning to end, there's purpose that oh. will allow God to do that. Yeah. And you know, you had mentioned something earlier. Um, and it I I totally thought about this because when we when we think that we need certain things to get things done, we don't realize that when God's called us to that, God has an agenda. We forget He has an agenda in that. We just think it's the thing. We yeah. focus on, okay, I made it or I did it or you know. And there's an agenda in that there's a process now for people in that, or there's something you're still, you may have made it to the first rung of the ladder. You think, wow, I made it here. And he's like, okay, but we've got to get to the top of the ladder. And I was thinking about God birthed the church um, out of our home. And when we got our first building to have, that was a miracle, but then we're in the building and we still need furnishings for the inside of the building we need office equipment. We need, I mean, we needed everything you can imagine. And we had just dumped all the money into getting the building, get the build out done. Right? right. And here we had a person who attended our little congregation who calls us up one day and says, you know what? I'm having to close my business down. And I'm wondering if the church could use all of our office supplies and equipment. Huh. We literally had handed to us desks, chairs, phones, Paper, copiers, everything, everything. We wow. furnished everything for multiple offices, <laughs> just given to us. And it's because we were walking in obedience to what God God asked us to do. Come on. It, it's just amazing what God can do with yeah. people who are just like, this is all I am. This is all I have. I don't, yeah. I'm insignificant. We think we're insignificant. We just yeah. think we're not anything special. But what makes us special is that he has said, I'm calling you. That's what makes you special. I'm calling you. We've been chosen. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I mean, he says, you can't come to the father unless the spirit draws you. So the minute you hear him drawing you, the minute he's pricking your heart. Wow. Your world has changed. (laughs) Your world just changed. You are now dealing with the kingdom of God. You're no longer dealing with the United States or the UK or Africa as a continent and and wherever a country you're in. I mean, we, we box ourselves in. He says, no, you've been freed from that. We're dealing with the spiritual realm now.
1: Yeah. Wow. So good. And you know what? I love the fact, and I've learned this myself throughout the years and is that when I have a need, I can go to God and he will speak to others. without me having to go directly to them i'm not to say there's not a time to do that or it's ever wrong i'm just saying and and i've been able to do that and i really want to be that person who has that type of faith all the time like hey god you know so would you just do whatever you have to do speak to someone like the man already knew that the upper room was needed um we don't know all the details. Did he know it was Jesus or whatever, but the father has spoken to him. And so this type of thing happens. And, and I love the fact that God, his favor is attached to our assignment yes. when it's his assignment on our life and what he's called us to do. Yes. And I think about Cornelius in Acts 10, what a powerful mm-hmm. story, you know, here he is. He's been faithful. He's helped mm-hmm. the poor. He's, he's honored God. He had a a good heart, a worshiper of God. And, you know, he helped God's people. And one day, you know, the Lord remembers him and his gifts, his prayers, his alms have come up as a memorial to God. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that to those who are listening today, watching today, God is not faithless. He's, he, he will not forget the Bible says in Hebrews that he is faithful and he will remember guys begin to believe God for good things and begin to believe him for big things because he wants to use you for his glory. And, and as Jamie mentioned, it's because you're chosen by God and he has a purpose to use you and you are qualified. It says in Corinthians, Paul said, he's the one who makes us competent. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who makes us righteous. He justifies us, but he makes us competent. And, and we're in that place where we're worthy because of who Jesus is and what he's called us to do. And we need people that will have that pure heart, will have that relationship with the father that you mentioned, Jamie, pray, seek him, listen to him, do all those things to help advance the kingdom of God. And I know you're doing that. I mean, you could be doing a lot of other things in life but you've chosen to give yourself to preaching the gospel, to encouraging people, to getting the word out. Would you just tell our audience here on the Kingdom Community just about your ministry? I know you're, you have a, a show yourself. Um, just a, a bit about what you're doing and how they can connect with you that way. And then, of course, lastly, we want to talk about how can people pick up a copy of your book, which is titled, you don't need money. You just need God.
2: Sure. Um, You know, I, I have been uh, doing the podcasting for uh, about a year and a half and it really was one of those things, Glenn, where we, what you were just talking about, I was a stay at home mom. I had always been in ministry at church um, and my family uh, has a church in Southern California and I was on staff there for a while Um, always involved in women's ministries, leading those and and different things like that. But I was always doing that kind of from a home base and raising children. And the Lord began to speak to me when he told me to write the book. Um, I knew, okay, some things are changing. I'm going to focus and and my kids are grown now. So I'm able to, to really put the time in that I need to and begin to work on the book. But as I was doing that, It was almost as if the Lord said, but I have more. This is just kind of the first door I'm having you walk through um, in this change of what this is going to look like for you. And uh, through different people coming to me on their own saying to me, well, Jamie, have you thought about doing a podcast? I thought, well, I've been doing a blog. I had been doing a blog and putting that up for several years. Um, But I felt, okay. Lord, this I, I really think this is you. And from the moment that I said, I think, Lord, this is you speaking to me within one week's time, everything was set up and I was podcasting. It was like a whirlwind, what God was doing. So I knew for sure this is what he said to do. Um, and then just through different avenues, um, I can be seen uh, on a local channel in Houston. And um, I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the social media. Um I do. I have in the past spoke. I do speak. Um, it's not something that I'm doing necessarily um, all the time, but it is something I do do. Um, I've spoken at women's conferences and uh, different events like that. Um, but I, my heart right now is, Lord, I'm, I'm just kind of with COVID and everything that happened and how the world just kind of shut down and ministries If it wasn't for social media, it's amazed what God God is. I just interviewed an evangelist uh, recently who basically said they never dreamed because they knew what God had put on their heart to do. And it seemed impossible in the natural. It just seemed impossible to reach that many people in the natural. And then because of COVID and having to go online, which was something they never thought they would do, now they're reaching those amount of people easily. Easily. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost comical. And again, what God can do no matter what's happening around us. And so I just have been watching God take the ministry and do what he wants to do with it. And I've just been saying, Lord, here I am. I feel like what we just talked about. I'm one of those people. And I'm just saying, Lord, I'm willing, whatever you have for me, that's what I want to do. And he uses the seasons of our lives going from being a stay at home mom and raising children and doing regular church ministry to now broadcasting ministry and doing it on a larger platform. So um, if they want to get in contact with me, the easiest way is uh, to go to my website, which everything I do you can find at the website, including all social media, but that's Jamie Luce spelled J A I M E L U C E.com. And I, you can, access all the podcasts there. You can watch them on YouTube from there. You can read all my blogs there. Um, anything that's happening, we put it there. You can also get a hold of my book either from my website. You can, if you prefer to do a digital download, you can do it there or you can purchase it at Amazon or any place that books are sold and ordered. Um, you can get a hold of it that way. So uh, the, you just type in the name of the, the book. You don't need money. You just need God or, or search my name and you should be able to find it that way.
1: Wow, that's awesome! You know what an amazing thing to see how COVID, what obviously was so deadly and and, and had so much negative uh, ramifications to it, to launch people into ministry. You know, and yeah. it's such an amazing thing. We're impacting so many more people because the Body of Christ. There's a lot of great people that are, have been raised up even during this time, such as yourself. So. Wow. Thank you, Jamie. What a a great time of sharing. Thank you so much for being my guest on the Kingdom Community Show and look forward to uh, doing it again.
2: (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much. It was a privilege. God bless you.
1: Yeah. God bless you too. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Kingdom Community Show. Glenn Blakeney here. And bless you, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us today at The Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about The Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.